Thank you for listening to this episode of Courtside Indiana Podcast. Please hit the subscribe or add button on your podcast app to get them delivered straight to your phone, tablet, or desktop. As always, we'd appreciate our rating and review. And you can reach us directly on our Courtside Indiana Twitter at CourtsideIND. Welcome to Courtside Indiana Podcast. Jim Reamer joined again by Kyler, Kyler Staley. Kyler, how was your week, man? Was was this past week the, the wedding or that was two weeks ago? Yeah, so I was in uh I was in St. Louis at the beginning of last week for okay. uh oh, for, you're, that's right. Yeah, for my work thing. And then I went uh I came back on Wednesday and then Thursday right after work I drove to Nashville to see some family that just moved there. So uh it was a busy week. So I'm finally back home in the Fishers area. How was Nash Vegas? <laughs> It was good. You know, we didn't go downtown. I was with, I was staying with my aunt and uncle, but luckily, I mean, they've got this brand new house and, and uh, it's actually in Brentwood, Tennessee. Mm-hmm. Um, Been there. About 18, yeah, about 18 it's minutes. Like, I mean, it's the Carmel of Nashville. Yeah, yeah, I would say, yeah, that's, that's what I kept saying. I was just like, you know, this reminds me of like the, up this area, like the Carmels, the, the Fishers and stuff like that. Like, I mean, it was just a, it's a beautiful neighborhood. Um, got to meet a bunch of their new neighbors. We went to a, uh, a neighbor like pool party at their community pool. Um, it was just, I mean, a lot of relaxing. I mean, they've got, they've got their own pool and I got to see my two little cousins there. So it was a, it was a good weekend. I can't wait to go back for sure. So the, the reason, the only reason why I know where Brentwood is, is because Lipscomb university is there yep. or, or it's nearby. And when we've, when I first started coaching, Oh, probably a few years into it, I ran, I came across Don Meyer. Now, Older, any of the coaches that listen to this will know who he is. Uh, some of the fans may or, you know, some of the other people that listen may or may not know, but he was the longtime head coach at Lipscomb before they became a Division One school. And he was the, um, I'm going to use the word inventor. I don't know that that's the right word, but he was definitely one of the early guys on role definition in terms of uh, offensive, offensive role definition, screener, cutter, those types of things in, in emotion where one guy is definitely a screener and he did such a good job and the other, and somebody, you know, other people are definitely cutters. He did such a good job of teaching it that they were, they were among the most efficient, efficient NAI programs in the country year after year. And, and a lot of us, I mean, there would be, there would be two, 300 coaches at his clinics, which we're not talking about national clinics. We're not talking about he's speaking at some large event. These are people that drive down to his to Bel- to Lipscomb every year and visit. So for three years, we went down there and spent two or three days in in Brentwood, the Brentwood area, and really in, enjoyed the area. So that's that's the only reason why I know I'm not a I'm not a Nashville guy. I'm not even really that mm-hmm. big of a country music fan. So, um, but it was. Um, Brentwood's a nice area, and we uh, we had fun while we were down there. And learned a, a ton of basketball. Yeah, no, it's a great it's, it's a great uh, little town, and I'm, I'm hoping my uh, my little cousin Cece, I'm hoping she gets into basketball and stuff. So we're a big basketball family, so I'm hoping she gets into it. But uh, it's funny because she actually goes to Lipscomb Elementary School. So okay. I thought that was kind of a funny thing. So kind of a coincidence there. Yeah, it would be like if you if all of a sudden you planted a butler size it's not a big school i don't know that it's 
I don't even know that it how how big of a school it is, but it, it would be like if all of a sudden you planted Butler in between Carmel and Westfield, or in between Carmel and Fishers. Uh, yeah, it would be or Brown, say Brownsburg and Zionsville. Well, that's probably not even. That's probably not even. It, it's like there's like two two town two cities right around it. it it's yeah. just a nice. It's a nice area. Of course, now athletically, it's Division One school, and and um, you know it's a school that does recruit Indiana decently well. But um, trying to think, I mean, it's a private school. I think it's a private school. Where's Belmont? Do we know where Belmont is? Mm, I'm not familiar where it's uh Yeah, it's, it's around there. Let's check it out. Let's check. I don't know why I care, but that would be <laughs> unique. Let's see where Belmont is. No, Belmont's in the southwest. Southwest. Okay. Inside their main loop where Brentwood is northwest, I think. This is great. This is great podcasting right here. <laughs> kind of unprepared. I know, right? Where's Brentwood, Tennessee? <laughs> Brentwood's northwest. Brentwood, Tennessee is northwest. Hell no. Brentwood is like far south. Yeah. Okay. So it's down near Franklin. Okay. Clearly, I didn't drive. <laughs> it's, a, it's a very easy drive to there. I yeah. will say that. This is why I like driving places because then I pay attention to where I'm going versus being in a group. So, okay. Right. Brentwood's still a nice area, even though I didn't, couldn't place where it was on a map. But, all right. Well, you know what? We don't have any recruiting updates, do we? It was a slow week. I mean, I texted Zach to make sure that was the case. I don't remember. I don't remember seeing any come across social media. And as, and as soon as we publish this, I'll get like three messages saying, yeah, you missed this, you missed that. But I'm I'm checking right now. Well, no, you know what? That's not true. We, we did get one. We got it late. We got it later last night. Uh, Andrew Hedrick, who received an offer from Bethel last week or the week before, uh, went ahead and committed to Bethel. So the uh, senior senior guard from uh, Columbia City committed to Bethel. That happened actually this morning. So, and, and Zach tweeted it, <laughs> but didn't get a That's chance it. to, up, didn't get a chance to update the day he's fired, <laughs> firing, firing Zach. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So that's our, that's it. That's our one recruit. All right. That's the podcast. Goodbye, everybody. We're, we're done. <laughs> easy, easy day. There was one where we had so many recruiting updates. That was the entire podcast. That was, I can't remember when that was, but it was. I think it was for the class of 2021. There was such a rash of commitments and they were, you know, a lot, and a handful of them were really highly recruited guys. So we just spent the whole episode talking about them. So, all right, we're going to go down. We're going to talk about what, how many, what, four or five, the top point guards each, maybe, maybe not go through some of the top point guards in the 2024 class. We're, we're starting to focus now on juniors and we'll eventually kind of move our way through through the junior class. 2023, we've, we've sort of picked up on last week. We talked about guys that we felt were a little under-recruited, and we will certainly get into them again as the season gets closer. Uh, certainly, we'll, they'll be still featured as, you know, things like the Fall League and the, and the, the Prep Hoops 250 
uh, events like that, we'll be talking about seniors. But now here for the next few weeks, we're going to be focusing on the junior class. So we don't have to go down in any sort of order, Kyler, but but just who's who's the top point guard in the 2024 class? Let's see if we agree on this. At least who is the top? Then the rest of it we can just sort of do however we want to however we want to do it. Who do you think the top yeah. point guard is in the in the class? Well, when I look at the list, um, obviously it's very top heavy. Um, but I think the top point guard as of right now, where it stands for me, is KJ Wyndham from Ben Davis. Um, really like his game. Had a really good summer. Um, has really improved his scoring, especially from uh, the outside. Um, I think he's going to have a real big breakout season this year for Ben Davis, and he's going to be, you know, the primary ball handler, um, kind of like he was last year. Um, I think I just, I mean, I like his game. I like his length at the point guards spot, and I think he's just on the, you know, he's trending upwards, and I think he's going to get some mid-major offers. See, now I guess that's where I, so that's where I differ, and we didn't, we didn't discuss this before the before recording, so this is completely, completely off the cuff here. I mean, Sheridan Sharp's Ben Davis's point guard, and I, I don't, I don't know that I view KJ as a point guard. Um, okay. I, I, I have him solidly at the at the two. And certainly, you know, that'll be something not that we can't discuss him this week too, but you know, I I figured that's where we'll discuss it next week. But that's I, and that doesn't you you think he's a point? I mean, I've never seen him initiate any offense for Ben Davis except for transition situations. Yeah, I mean, so on our prep hoops, we we have him listed as a point guard. Um, you know, and I kind of when I think of him as a point guard, you know, maybe not right now what he plays, but I think, you know, as where his game is currently, I think at the next level, I see him as, as a point guard. Um, so that's kind of where I'm coming at with that. What do we think about a Johnny Washington? Because I've got him. That's who I have listed as the top point guard. Okay. Yeah. Um, uh, I'm interested and I, in that. I've not seen a ton of him. And I'm like you, I think there's definitely – a top group and then there's a little bit of a gap and I've got one kid that I struggle with in terms of where he falls on what what side of the gap and, and so maybe it's maybe there's a top four that I've got um to me the top four in, in no particular order well how about we, we'll do this the top four in alphabetical order in my opinion Micah Davis uh you know, this next one's kind of an asterisk. Josiah Dunham. Um, oh, Kobe Bowles. Sorry. Shouldn't have, he should be first alphabetically. <laughs> wow. How about how bad is that? <laughs> and then and then a Johnny Washington. To me, those those four alphabetically are the top four in, in the in the junior class. Um Wyndham, from an overall perspective, I would have above each of those four. Like if you were rating, if you were rating the class as a whole, so I would agree with you in terms of the, and just in terms of, you know, very varied talent evaluation. I think he would be, he would be above those four. It's not huge, but do we see like for my money, do we see a Johnny Washington as a point guard? I mean, it's he, he's definitely. I think he's. I think he's Concordia's primary ball handler. Uh huh. And he certainly scores at an alarming rate. And so I wonder what um, 
where you where your what your thoughts on him as a, as a, as a lead guard are. Yeah, so I didn't watch him a ton this summer, but I you know I've seen him in the past a few times. I'd like to think right now he's at that combo guard spot. Um, mm-hmm. If we if we just want to kind of you know put a title on it or whatever, but uh, I mean yeah, he's a great player, great ball handler, and he does score a bunch. But I mean he also can facilitate. You know he can run an offense, so that's where that kind of lead guard you know, spot comes in, but overall, you know, very talented player and you can put him up there with a KJ Wyndham um, and he can compete with those other point guards that you just listed as well. His, um, his, his this, and this is going to go way back because, you know, there's, I guess people that listen to this will, will know. And some of the indie area people that listen to this are going to be old enough to know, to remember what he was in high school, Johnny Washington from his physique, his length, his playing style, uh, just how super lanky he is. I know that's redundant with length, but he just looks super lanky. He's a lot like George Hill that age. Okay. And, you know, and I'm not projecting that he's going to end up having a, a, you know, a decade plus long NBA career, but his playing style, his scoring style, I mean, George was a, you know, was a beast of a score at Broadway. And he was broad ripples, end all be all and everything offensively. He was their their primary ball handler. He was their finisher. There would be times where, and broad ripple, broad ripple didn't win a ton when he was there. Now keep in mind, this was when probably the best amount of the most amount of talent that came through the indie area was when he was about the time he was a junior and senior is when it started that run of guys that were getting drafted in the lottery guys that were, you know, super nationally ranked. We're talking about the Odin's, the Conley's talking about McRoberts. We're talking about the tail end of it with Gordon Hayward. We're talking about when he was there with Courtney Lee at Pike, (laughs) you know, Courtney, a lot of people thought Courtney was maybe the third best player at Pike uh, behind cage, who was Mr. Basketball and, and, and Vaden who, who transferred out his senior year, Robert Vaden. So, um, you know, so Broad Ripple I and mean, George was kind of it for them, and so they didn't win as much. Now they did. They did beat his senior year. They did beat Carmel with McRoberts in the sectional, uh, and that was that was definitely an upset. <laughs> I remember not going to that game, um, but you know that was also a sectional that still included North Central. And let's see, that would have been that would have been Eric Gordon's freshman year. So that's that's the time frame we're talking about. I mean, and I didn't even mention EJ when it was talking about some of the talent that rolled through Indy. Uh, just was an extremely loaded, and he would have been, um, you know, they just that would have been a time too when Arlington was a thing. De- Deontay Vaughn was a grade below him, and Arlington and Cathedral were battling for city titles and Northwest with uh, Clemens and um, we went to Memphis and, and uh, uh, no Clemens ended up at Nebraska. Rodney Carney ended up at Memphis. Those would have been, those would have been guys that came through when, um, uh, when George Hill was a broad ripple. So even a broad ripple, despite his talent, broad ripple was still no better than the fourth or fifth best team in the city. I mean, it's just incredibly loaded time. Uh, for the Marion County area, the, the county was loaded. The city was loaded. And, and for me, it was fun. I was going to all these games. So I loved them. 
but that's that's who Johnny remind that's who Johnny reminds me of. And you know, George was was not highly recruited. Um, he obviously made the most of it. And I I'll be curious to see where how a Johnny plays out again. I don't I'm not projecting a, a, a ten year plus NBA career. But it, there's just a lot of a lot of similarities to his game, as to the way Hill played. Probably a little bit, you know. You consider how I mean George Hill's contribute is considered a distributor at the NBA level. You know he's he's not he's never been viewed as a playmaker. He's been a, viewed as a guy who could who could play either guard spot at the NBA level. He could in his prime he could guard both guard spots. Um, never at the, at the NBA level, not a downhill guy, you know, but definitely a solid guy who didn't make mistakes. It's, 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 it's odd to consider how vastly different he succeeds in the NBA versus how he succeeded in high school and college. And I, you know, it's not, that's, that's obvious in some contexts, but then in other contexts, there's a lot of guys who don't make that transition and can't handle it. And George adapted extremely well. And, you know, so and that's that's where I wonder if Johnny, you know, what where his talents taken because he's definitely an electric score. I'd like to see him as a playmaker with other people. Have you, did you see him much at all this summer? Not at all. But I mean, from what I've gathered, he did, he had a really good he had a really good summer. And he was obviously Indy Heat Reds. Uh, he was their best player in that 2024 group. Yeah, I'd like to know what keeps him from being. On a top tier team, I mean, it's. Yeah. It's not a great class. Um and maybe that's a playmaking issue. Maybe that's a you know, making other others better issue. I don't I don't know. I we gotta see I mean I gotta see more of him. I know you you're you're moving into that IU recruiting stuff a little bit more. Um that will definitely take up some of your some of your time. Yeah. Uh during the school season. But that's somebody we definitely got to get some eyes on. So, anybody else who who I don't want to act like we're not going to talk about a lot of these guys. Who else is a, a guy you like, even if it's somebody, even if it's one of the four names that I've already named in, the, in that position in this class? Yeah, the one guy that you said I think honestly might be could be one of my favorite guards in the twenty twenty four class. So that's Josiah Dunham uh, yeah. from Evansville Christian. Love his game. Love. I mean. He's on the shorter end. He's at, you know, at six foot, but like he's built pretty well, I think already. He's got some strength in him, real explosive. And I like the, th- honestly, I think he's one of the most overlooked guys um, or underrated guys that are in the state. I mean, he comes in, he's in Southern Indiana, who are oftentimes, you know, sometimes doesn't get all the love that you get, but he was on a very talented Indiana Elite 2024 group. And like, he, I think he was the most overlooked player on that roster. Um, had a great summer. I mean, scores the ball great sees the floor well, can make a really good pass to his bigs. He finds his bigs. Um, I mean, right now I think there can be a little bit more consistency with his uh, with his jump shot, but he can create, and he can create for others really well. So I've, I've always really liked his game, and I think he can I think he can get projected to that high major level. I honestly do. I think so. You think he's that? I mean, I, I like him. You know, he's got the Evansville offer, and I, I'm assuming it's still there. Uh, I'm not 100% sure. You know, and early in the spring, I he, he struggled a little bit, I think, with his role. And I think later in the spring, he definitely I, – I saw that there were some – at least social media-wise, there were some good games that he, he had. You know, when you're playing with Travis Perry, who – out of Kentucky, who's had a great summer. 
yes. my kid that I, kid that I grew to like an awful lot. And and that team, Aaron Fine from Noblesville, does a lot of their primary ball handler, the summer teams, um, the Indian Elite group. I wondered where his fit was with that group. I know he, he does play a lot for them, so it's not like he's not it's not it's not an issue of value, but it is an issue of of position. You know, basically they have three point guards that that play a lot. I, I like how well he shoots it. You know, a lot of the things you said, I, I definitely like. I, I be I definitely agree with. I I think the the high major aspect of it is is a question for me. Um, <laughs> it may be, that may be the question for me and a lot of these guys um, just because the, you know, it, it's not a huge, it's not a, it's not a, it's not a deep class. It's not a top heavy class either. So it, yeah. I wondered if I, I guess I want to see him play a little bit more. I wouldn't mind seeing him play a school game just to see if he really pops uh, because you know, I wondered if the Evansville, the, the Missouri Valley offer was maybe. You don't. I mean, to me, that was his ceiling. That's not. An, I mean, that's. You still got to be really good to play in the Valley. Right. But I wondered if that was his ceiling. So. Um, Kobe Bowles. Is a kid that he's played up, and I. I don't know why he's playing. He reclassed as in middle school. So he really should be a 2023 kid. Um, or really could be a 2023 kid. And he's continued to play up in the summer. He's going to be a junior at Lawrence North. It is basically going to be his team. He is going to be, he will be, the, he definitely will be their primary ball handler. He will be their go-to scorer. Not to say they won't have the other options along the way, but you know, and he was a kid last year when CJ Gunn was hurt to start the year, who really took charge and really had some some outstanding games early in the year. We're not talking about you know huge games statistically, but games where he definitely, you can tell he was in control of the offense as a sophomore. And the one the one thing that was a little bit disappointing, and, and I, I think this could be natural is when Gunn came back, Bowles didn't continue to t- to attack like he did before Gunn was there. And I, I think it um, kind of got them a little bit where they little a little ragged when CJ came back. And then once, once Colby started to settle in, they started to play a lot better. And I think it helped both of them. It helped CJ as well. And it helped, it certainly helped Kobe. He's at his best when he's downhill completely at his best when it's downhill and he's he's super athletic and a kid that I think that he makes the plays he sees and I think he also has a pretty good understanding of what goes on around him offensively so if you put him in a system they're going to have a new coach this year uh, they are going to have you know for the first time in Lawrence North's history Jack Kiefer is not going to be the head coach and so that's going to be a little bit of a different situation for them. And I'm going to be anxious to see what their structure is offensively. And there wasn't a, for LN, it was either all structure or nothing the last few years for for, for Kiefer. It was run a quick set. And then after that, it was basically space out and one or two guys would go get a bucket, you know, and with, when, when they had a Vance and Hughes, there was definitely a lot of ball screen action involved in that. And, you know, last year it was really about CJ getting the ball in positions where he can isolate. 
Um, you know, if they have a little bit more of a, a continuity-based system, that they have a little bit more of a, free, a free-flowing system, I'll be anxious to see how Kobe handles that because I think there's more in him than what he's even shown so far. And what he's shown so far is just a, a dynamic downhill player who can who can definitely score or finish in traffic, but then also, you know, find people along the way. I guess I'd like to see him make a little bit more back action reads off ball screens. Uh, but again, that's got to be something that's part of this, you know, part of a team system and, and something that they look for. Yeah, I, I agree with all those points, really. Um, my thing is, is, you know, I think there is a lot of untapped potential there right now. Um, you know, and a, a very good point about what CJ came back. You know, that was a lot of, you know, growing pains. Um, you know, just trying to figure it out because, I mean, at the end of the day, that was CJ's team. So, you know, CJ was going to get the majority of the touches there and, you know, everything's going to run through him. Um, as far as I remember correctly, Xavier Robinson's still at Lawrence North, correct? He is, yeah. So I'm curious because obviously he's going to get a lot more playing time this year. I'm curious to yep. see how Kobe and Xavier can play together. You know, both are kind of like, you know, very ball dominant at times. Um, I think Xavier can play pretty well off the ball. So I think that'll be a really fun, you know, fast paced backcourt. And, you know, just curious to see how they play together um, throughout a whole entire season. Yeah, that, that'll be a That'll be a good dynamic. But I think at the high school level. And they don't really have looking at their. I'm looking at the guys that are bringing back. I mean, I, I think there's going to be enough enough there for both of them because they're just not, you know, obviously they've they've got, you know, Merriweather has transferred in. Yep. So they're going to have a legitimate big with them to go to go with those two guards. And I, I think that um, they will. I think there's plenty of room for both of them, you know, to be to not necessarily trade off, but to be primary ball handlers. I would, I will assume that Bowles will assume that mantle and that the Xavier will be more of the secondary playmaker. Uh, But, you know, it makes for a nice underclassman backcourt. And with, with Merriweather who, who gets better each, each time I see him (laughs) with with him out there and, and, you know, guys like Mace Hughes who kind of do all the dirty work for them. Um, I'm gonna turn my phone off so it doesn't make noise. Um, you know, you just—I think there's plenty of room there for both of them for sure because it's—it's. It's, um, hopefully, they'll get to play a little faster too. That's something that, that, you know, really changed a little bit when they had Odin and Conley. Is they everything was geared toward those two guys, and a lot of that didn't change. They they just never really, they never really upped the ante defensively in the like in the pressing being in the backcourt. Uh, until they absolutely had to. And I always thought that Lawrence North could be a team that would be devastating if they pressed an entire game. But, yeah, you know, Xavier's going to have a good year for them as well, stepping into a much bigger role uh, this year. Who's next? Um, who you got? Who you want to talk about next? I, feel, I mean, you touched on him just a minute ago, but Micah Davis. Um mm-hmm. Another guy that can make a case as the best guard in the 2024 class. I mean, had a again had a really good summer. Left-handed guard. Uh, you know, he proved that uh, the summer it kind of started off a little bit slow in the spring. I think with you know Jalen Harrelson, you know, pretty much controlling all of that. You know, on that Indy Heat um, 24 team. But I mean, like he proved that he can play against some of the top competition in the country. Um, in all in all the EYBL you know circuit sessions, I thought he had an excellent showing. 
Um, that whole team was really fun to watch. I mean, he's excellent at attacking the basket. He can finish against size with his quickness and explosiveness um, on the end of drives and cre- can create his own shot off the bounce. Uh, really, really talented player on there. And he, he, you can make a case that he's a top five player in the class, in my opinion. Yeah, he, he's he got offers from, from what, IUPUI and Purdue-Fort Wayne? Does he have offers from – hold on a second, let's see. Yeah, Purdue-Fort Wayne. So he's got offers from IUPUI and Purdue-Fort Wayne. By the way, uh, Bowles has an offer from Bethune-Cookman and Dunham, mm-hmm. like we, we did mention that he's got an offer from Evansville. Pretty sure that's still still standing. So, Yeah, I believe that's from the, uh, the new – uh, staff. Um, Wyndham, you mentioned earlier his offer so far from Akron, Northern Kentucky, and IUPUI. I'd imagine that'll get ramped up here as his junior year starts to kick off. Because uh, I think he'll, going back to what you said about him, and we'll probably, <laughs> probably, because I'm going down my list, we'll probably talk about him next week too. I mean, he's definitely going to be a little bit more prominently prominent in their offense this year. Not that he, not because they lose anybody, because Ben Davis gets everybody gets everybody back. I just think that his abilities have improved that much that you'll see a little bit more of a focus shifted toward him offensively because he's the one guy on their team too at BD who can really shoot it. So, um, you know, a kid I a kid that I like and and I don't get a feel. I like how hard he plays. I, I like what he can do defensively. Casey Barry at Decatur Central. I don't know what I how I feel feel about him recruiting wise just yet, but he's a kid that um, you know I saw Decatur play a couple times last year. I, I like how aggressive they are defensively. They 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 played the backcourt most of both games, and and he was extremely good in in, in both both settings. I love you know just his, his athleticism. I I wonder how well he shoots it. I wonder about decision making in the half court. You know, and again, a lot of that stuff is, is um, you know, look, he was a sophomore last year. So there's there's a lot of that, you know, just, he's got two years to figure stuff out and to get better at it. But but that was a kid that impressed me last year during the school season. And I saw him a little bit this summer, but not a ton. Uh, so I didn't get a great read. And that's somebody that this year I'm going to make a point to see a little bit more. Yeah, I have. I haven't seen a whole lot of him. Um, I didn't. I don't think I saw him once. Um, I don't even know exactly what AAU team he was on this year. I think he was on EG Ten. Oh, was he? Okay, yeah. then uh, yeah, it was. It was tough at times for me to see them. Um, so I'm gonna take. I'm gonna go ahead and just take your word for Casey Berry. <laughs> but yeah, he's he's definitely on. Uh, he's definitely on my list of guys to see. You know, a lot of these 2024 guys are. Um, you know, and look, and a, you know, in, in, in the in the half court when you you know, when you're really compelled to play hard, you know, you're compelled not to play hard, but you're, this is just a different motor when you press, you know, and they did such a good job of, of uh, being in the backcourt. He was good in that environment, you know, defensively what it's like when he's getting through screens, when he's having to play teams that truly execute. I mean, the Beach Grove Decatur central game was, was basically a sprint, you know, it was just two teams running up and down the court. I'm not saying they weren't they weren't organized or structured or didn't know what the hell they were doing, but but there were some stretches there where it was truly sloppy offensively. It's because they were doing it to each other, and you know, KC was a big part of that. But but yeah, I, I want to see him a little bit more in the half court. I'd like to see him defensively and offensively in the half court. But who's who's another guy you want to throw in there? 
Um, I guess we'll kind of talk about a guy that I saw a little bit more on the same team of um the EG ten twenty four is Mason Lewis. I thought he actually kind of you know made a made a name for himself a little bit this year. Um, you know, got his name out. Um, I think he's an excellent playmaker. Uh, real dynamic off the dribble. Uh, real explosive first step as well. Can get downhill. Um, really but just, from north, know, overall, north central like, right. Yes. Yep. Yeah, okay. So and and he's he's projected to have a little bit more. Um little bit more production this year for them um but no I, th- I think he had an excellent summer i definitely got you know his name just out there people are starting to look at him and stuff he's probably a top 20 top 25 player in the class right now um he's just a guy you know you got to watch out for you know these next couple of years and stuff especially at north central where he should you know have a little bit more production like i said earlier yeah i didn't i didn't see much of him during the school season i'm sorry during this summer saw a little bit of him in the, in the school season and and there's a lot of guys in North Central right now, other than Joey Brown, who are in that five ten, five eleven, six foot range. Mm-hmm. And you know they're they're just trying to establish a new a new culture there. They're trying to you know they're trying to get bring that toughness back that's been missing a little bit since you know since the Coach Mitchell days. Uh, you know, and a lot of it is 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 going to be you know Coach Dart. They they love that hire last year. I thought he did a great job with them, and I think you know he's going to be in a position where, where he's going to, um, basically bringing North Central back and and having them be again a team that has the athletic talent to be a presence in the backcourt defensively to really make teams work hard the, the full length of the floor, and and even to turn teams over, um, you know even if they're not able to turn teams over, the labor they're able to wear them out, and you know that's that's been part of it for years for, for, you know, for coach Mitchell at North central is even if they didn't turn you over his worst teams would wear you down, you know, or, or at least, you know, definitely make you work for it. Uh, th- there would never be times of, you know, lapses and blowouts and, you know, you know, stretches where you wouldn't, win, where they wouldn't win a lot of games, but, but that's what I think darts trying to bring back to them is just that pride of being a full court, 32 minutes of pressure there. I say, you know, Nolan Richardson's 40 minutes of hell, 32 minutes of hell for them. And, you know, Mason Mason's part of that I, offensively, I, an offensive identity. I don't know yet. Again, that's going to be something to, to check into this year uh, during the school season. But yeah, that's, you know, that's definitely a kid I like as well. Uh, and all these guys we like, that's why we're talking about them. Right. Right. Um, Nolan Swan at Tipton. If it wasn't for Grady Carpenter at Tipton, <laughs> who has out, I mean, Nolan Swan's one of the one of the leading assist guys in the state of Indiana as a sophomore. Not even convinced, and this isn't. An, I'm not trying to <laughs> degrade his. Not even convinced he's the the best passer on Tipton. But he but he is a very good passer. He's very good at finding people. Uh, he's he uh, again they they played Oak Hill. And that game was up and down. That was a fun game to watch. And and just the decision-making. And he's a kid, too, that that does do it in the half court. He, he does find people. And very good outside shooter. Defensively, what can he really guard? That's going to be a thing for him uh, from a recruiting perspective. But, I mean, if I'm, you know, if I'm in AI schools, if I'm Division II schools, I'm definitely taking a look at him because – 
he is a kid that from the neck up, there ain't a whole lot better. I, I, I'm, I'm convinced of that. And, you know, I think there's some physical issues he's going to have to address at, at six, six foot, six one. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he was, uh, he was, he was great. The game I saw, they, they, I know they took it on the chin, but you know, kills pretty good. But, but uh, Nolan for me is while he might be the best, second best passer on his, on a school team, he's still probably one of the best passers in the state. And one of the, you know, he's got just incredible vision. Have you, have you seen him play yet at all? Yeah, I saw him, uh, I think it was earlier this year, maybe in January. I made the trip up there. I, I can't even remember who they played off the top of my head, but I did watch him play. Um, you know, I want to see like Connor Hewson play as well. And, you know, those guys, um, but you know, Nolan's, he's just a real tough player. Um, and the thing that, you know, impressed me the most is just like, he, he can score the ball. He can score it in so many different ways. And mm-hmm. like you said, that physical, that physical presence that he's got, you know, being a shorter size and everything could hold it back a little bit. But as far as, you know, just toughness and, you know, an act on scoring the ball, I think he's, you know, he could be one of the best in the 24 class uh, moving forward. So, I mean, he's definitely a guy to keep an eye on, you know, at that lower, that lower level, that lower, you know, NAIA level, I would think right now. But uh, definitely got to keep the track, keep track of. Yeah, I mean, I'm going, I'm not going down my list because obviously you're plucking some of these guys too. But I mean, I've got him solidly in the top seven point guards in, in that junior class. Yeah. We'll see where uh we'll see where old Brandon Ramsey has him at right now. And the computer's not working. Yeah, uh, right now, well, way off from what you got. Yeah, he's got Nolan at 25. And as far as position rankings. Yeah, there's not 25 point guards better than him. <laughs> yeah, I might we might have to talk about talk to Brandon about that this weekend. There's there's no shot. And I've even got a couple of kids in here that I like this freshman. In, in, in what our top 15 is that probably didn't take a step forward and maybe even a couple that have to be at different positions. So, I mean, I, yeah, there's, there's not 25 point. And, and I don't know how update updated that list is mine. We haven't, we did a little update at the end of right at the end of July. Um, But yeah, there's not 25 point guards. I think it was updated last week on our end. So yeah, that's definitely a conversation. Uh, Mr. Ramsey and all of us. Yeah, there's not 25 point cards better. So (laughs) I think I agree with that statement. I can tell you that right now. Um, All right, give me what's the other name? We'll we'll get close to wrapping this up, but feels weird. We've we've been here 43 minutes already. That's not bad. What's what's another name? Um, I guess we'll just throw kind of just you know an out there one. He's a transfer in from the state of Illinois. Jaden Rena. Um, saw him play up with the. Um, kind of a with, transfer. Yeah, he's yeah. From, so he's from, he's from here. Oh, is he? Yeah, he's that. lived. He's been in Indiana. I don't know that they've lived in Indiana the last couple of years, but he came up through. He came up through Indiana. I want to say he was at Portage, coming through um, the early stages of middle school. Okay, and then ended yeah. up going to a, a private school up in up in the Chicago area. On the Illinois okay, side, yeah, of course. So yeah, he's, but yeah, he would, I'll let you talk about him, but he would be, he would be clearly in the middle. He would be in the top 10, that area. 
yeah, probably, and probably like probably above a couple of names I've already mentioned. So, yeah, and, and yeah, and like so, I watched him play a couple times um, when Team Glenn Robinson uh, lost AJ Lux. They they brought him in, um, and he's playing up with them uh, with that seventeen U group. And I thought he did a really good job in kind of running that offense, you know, facilitating the ball. I think his IQ was excellent um, on the ball, and he can just make plays. And you know, that's what I like to see out of a point guard. In that I like I like a smart point guard and I think that's what he is and I think he's got some athleticism as well, um, pretty quick, pretty shifty. Uh, but I mean he I think Matt Bishop Noel I think he's going to be you know he's put into a position to have a really good season. He another kid that was hold on a second I'm trying to trying to um trying to do something here. He was another kid that was. Um, in the class of 2023 when he was in middle school. And I'm not sure when he reclassed, but he definitely reclassed before he came back before, before high school. So this isn't a Kentucky situation because in Kentucky, you can play varsity. I think even as a middle school kid. Yeah. I, I know that from the Travis Perry. Uh, absolutely. Talk. Absolutely. Yeah. I wonder what would happen if, trans if Travis Perry would have transferred in Indiana school, if he'd be able to play as a senior. Man, I hope so. <laughs> Honestly, I, I'm a big fan of him. I don't know. Um, I mean, not that that not that that's going to happen, but I wonder, I wonder how the ITSA would handle that. I mean, it'd be a big boost in the class of 24 in the state, though. That'd be that'd be it, for sure. It would, yeah, yeah. I, I like Rain again. He's shifty with the ball, and I I think he is. He's definitely a guy out there who can score, and size is going to be an issue with him, especially with where I know. You know, I think, look, all these guys have aspirations, and I think that's that's one of those things where he's going to have to be able to really defend it at, at a higher level if he's going to be if he's going to be a Division One kid, mid major kid. But he's got the he's got this offensive skill for sure. He's 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 quick. Um, he he's a good. I think he shoots the ball pretty well. I uh, did not see him this past summer, but I've seen I have seen some videos. I've seen some of his workout stuff. And it, and it looks like he's progressed. I mean, it's just it's it's tough when you don't see it in context of, of a game. But I you know I did not get a chance to see him play this summer, so that'll be uh, if if nothing else, get a chance. If I don't get a chance to watch him and Noel, hopefully there'll be a situation where they got some game stream that um, we can watch. But but yeah, he was he was a kid. He'll he'll definitely help him and Noel. He would help any of those schools up there. I'm a little surprised at why is it Noel. I don't know if there's a connection there with the coaching staff or what, but but yeah, he will be um he'll he'll definitely be solidly among that group of top of top um twenty twenty-four point guards. Uh one more one more kid to detail. Um I mean Aaron Fine at Noblesville is Saw a lot of improvement in him this summer. There were stretches during the school year and, and even in starting last summer as well where he would get in the paint and really just put it up on the glass and, and kind of hope, you know, kind of a tough, tough kid, you know, but he would he would get in the paint and, and try to finish over bigger players and it just was never consistent. And I think there's times where that can cost you you know, possessions where you, you start looking at the quality of the shot, 
you know, and if it's a if it's a good, you know, if it's a good decision or not. Now, what has happened this summer, and I noticed it in the, in the, uh, the Charlie Hughes stuff because I thought early in the spring it was kind of the same thing. That's why I wondered fine with with that fit with him and Perry and and Dunham early on. Dunham was struggling because not blaming any players, but I'm just saying that that. You know, there would be op- there would be situations where Fine would would get all the way to the basket when the better play would have been to kick it out. And you can admire some of that toughness because the kid plays with no fear. But then what I noticed at Charlie Hughes was a much stronger presence in the paint at finishing the ball, much more body control, much more ball control, better footwork. Um, maybe adding a couple of other finishes to his game and and i've noticed i noticed in the month of june that because there were other places watched him play too in their their league at, at finch creek and grand park watching him now finish those plays rather than just watching him get because sometimes it's hard to criticize a kid when he gets all the way to the basket but you know you got to have the body control you got to have the ball control to to get through your shot and to get through your finish move your finishing move and I noticed stark difference, stark improvement in his finishing uh, starting in the mid- middle part of June. So that's going to be something, too, where – and as his outside shot gets more consistent, start seeing him as a finisher, as a guy who who is a little bit more efficient right around the rim. I mean, I think he's always had a pretty decent floater. Um, but it's it's been, it was those times when he would try to get all the way to the basket – and then just sort of not the, the the amount of body control that you need. I, I, again, just a sophomore when, when we were watching him do all this stuff. So watching him get, you know, seeing him get stronger, seeing him be able to handle that contact better, or maybe just be stronger to get the ball up with some touch off the glass. It definitely was a better, you know, better finisher in the month, in the month of June and July. And that's going to be something that's going to really bode well for Noblesville because they've got five really good players. And they've got a couple of younger guys off the bench that will be able to at least give them some good minutes. Uh, You know, certainly, certainly some good minutes, but they've got five talented offensive perimeter players that play for them. (laughs) And, you know, that's, they don't have a whole lot of size, but, but they've got five good perimeter players that, that can, um, that, can really score and he's he's one of them so that's a kid that i like and and you know i really liked how much he improved during the month of june but uh just in just in terms of that efficiency kyle get a couple more any thoughts on fine i'm sorry yeah yeah i i agree with all that you know as far as when it comes to toughness i think he was easily one of the toughest players that i saw um this past summer, um, you know, steady improvements, like you said, throughout the summer and by he got down to July. Um, I thought he was more complete than what I'd seen him in spring. I mean, that that backcourt rotation of Perry, Dunham, and Fine, that was a very fun group to watch. Um, and, you know, going into this Noblesville team, just kind of a little side topic there. I mean, that Noblesville team's got, you know, an extremely talented group, and I'm, I'm hoping that they can kind of figure it out because that, that should be a team that should win a lot of games this year. Um you know, when it comes down to sectional, I, I think they, they should be a team that really can compete in that. And I said that last year, but I think, you know, this year you got some older guys. Um, you got a bunch of seniors on there. Um, 
it's a team to watch out for this summer or this uh this fall winter. Throw out a, throw out two or three more names just quickly, guys that people need to be watching. I don't know if you can pull guys well, out different, different different parts of the state or not, but let me pull up my list. My, my computer froze up, so I lost my list real nice. quick. But I had I had a few names, of course. Of course, that happened when we're recording. Well, yeah. Why wouldn't it? Yeah. Um, okay, so point four. We'll look at. Um. Let's see. Um. We got uh, Nahani Flanagan um, from Franklin Central. Yeah. Um, really liked him. Um, had a really good summer with D one. Real athletic. Real athletic, you know, not like the tallest player. His size kind of holds him back a little bit, but I think he's really aggressive. Um, the defensive end, I think he's really good on there. Um, you know, that's kind of a a guy that I think that, you know, has still got some untapped potential. Maybe so a bunch of few guys, and that's pretty much with all the 2024 class. But um, as far as that Franklin Central, I think he's going to have a pretty good year um, this year, especially with, uh, let's see, Lina Brooks was on that team last year, correct? I remember. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. So, especially with Brooks out of there, um, expect a lot more production from uh, Flanagan. A couple more names. Throw a couple more names. Just, just the guys to watch. Guys that we're going to hear a lot more about this year. Let's see, just going through my list here. Um, I don't know if you count him as a point guard or not. Um, Ron Ruthland the third. I don't know where would you consider Ruth- him at. I've got him at two. Two. I've got okay. yeah, I've got him and Wyndham both. I've got both those guys at the two. I've never yeah. seen I've never seen Rutland in a position of being a primary ball handler, and it doesn't mean he can't be at some point, but he just hasn't been. Um, and that's you know I've watched him a lot. I mean I watched that Addicts team play a lot, but that doesn't mean so. Yeah, just save him for next week. I guess okay. I guess we're coming out from two different websites, so we're coming from two different lists, but. Yeah, but yeah, he I would mean, definitely all... be—he would definitely be a kid we'd be better off talking about next week when we—he'd be a little higher up the list and. Yeah. Well, I'll, um, I'll throw out, you look. You look at you look at it. I'll throw out some names here real quick. These are just guys to watch. Guys that I think you're gonna, if you're not from those areas, you probably you may or may not know much about them. And, I, and so I'll take, I'll take one from the north, one from the south, and then a couple of guys here locally, from the south: Tyree Howe from Evansville, Bossy. Uh, 5'8", super, super quick, super outstanding motor. He's just a relentless kid um, and really, really looks to find people. Love how he, his head's always up making plays. The one the one kid from the north, and this may be a kid now that, you know what, I'm going to save this kid's name for next next week because I think he's more of a two now. If nothing else, he's grown into it. So I'll save I'll save Camden Webster to next week. Um, two kids from central Indiana that I think are going to have bigger years um, or, or guys that um, if you've not seen them play yet, you should Robert Sorensen at Garen Catholic Sabian Kane at university. I think both those kids are guys to watch. And then um, guy up North. Um Daggone, I don't know. Just, um, <laughs> struggling there to find. 
now we're getting some really bad podcasting. I got a ton of like South guys in Southern Indiana. I'm trying to find somebody from the region at least. I mean, I got Cundup at the two. Guys like that. Um, I mean, I, you know, maybe Nitarian Tuggle at Northwood, although I think he's going to eventually be a football guy. So that would be a, a good Northern Indiana guy to go watch. I think Northwood in general <laughs> is going to be a good team to watch. Yeah. They're, they're going to be extremely deep uh, this year. And they'll, um, but Nitarian Tuggle at Northwood is going to be a kid. If you've not seen him yet, go there. They, they've got three really good guards there. They've got him. They've obviously got Cade Brenner, who's their, their, their top player as a senior. And then they've got Coach Wolf's son, who is also a junior. A junior guard, Ethan, is is Coach Wilson's name. So, so yeah, go check out Northwood. Go check out Evansville Balsy with Ty with Tyree Howe at the point, and then University C and Sabian Kane, and then Robert Sorensen at, at Garen Catholic. Got a couple more names to throw out. Yeah, one more that I feel like uh, that deserves a mention: Joey Joey Schmidt. Uh, yeah, Mike, however you want to say his name. Yeah, uh, Schmidt's at Center Grove. Yeah. Yeah, you know, excellent three-point shooter. Um, you know, just right now, just the way he plays um, more on the ball, he's at that league guard spot. You know, if he grew a little bit more, I don't know if he'd be more off the ball or not. But, I mean, he showed a lot of potential this, this year on the, the team Indiana team. But he's a playmaker. Um, but, you know, as far as shooting, I think he's one of the better um, league guards that can shoot it from behind the arc. All right, man. What do you got coming up this week? Well, we got the uh, – we just got a little bit more previews. Uh, they're updating preferences right now. We're updating the 2023 class, um, the rankings there heading into uh, the fall. Uh, but, you know, on Sunday, it's the big uh, it's the big freshman showcase. So, um, you know, we'll have a lot of people there and, you know, get some really good, some new names and some base evaluations on some players to watch for these next four years. Yeah, I'm looking forward to the, to the, to the freshman camp this week. Looking forward to seeing that. What time does that start Sunday? I believe it's it, like is it, is it Saturday or Sunday? Sunday. See, I Sunday. thought it was Saturday as well, but uh, I believe it starts at nine a.m. Maybe if I if I can remember correctly. Okay, I know it's in the morning. So nine a.m. and that's open to the public, correct? That is that is open to the public. Um, I, mean, I know slips like me can get in, but <laughs> so but you know it's open to the public. You know it'll just be a lot of you know runs. So we'll just see them a few times. I think they play um, two each. Each player plays about two times, I think, um, if I can remember correctly. But uh, it's a fun event. You know, you see a bunch of new players that you're just going to hear, you know, a ton about these next four years. Always one of my favorite camps is the uh, the incoming freshman camp there at Fishers. So thank you for listening to Courtside Indiana Podcast. If you listen every week, we appreciate it. If not, please hit the subscribe or add button on your podcast app to get them delivered straight to your phone, tablet, or desktop. As always, we'd appreciate a rating and review, especially a five-star rating. Thank you. And you can reach us directly on our Courtside Indiana Twitter or Instagram. Follow us on both platforms at Courtside IND, although we do a vast majority of it on, on Twitter. But follow us either one at Courtside IND. Kyler, appreciate it as always. Look forward to talking again next week. We'll talk a little bit about 2024 shooting guards. And other than that, man, have a good week. Yeah, you too, man.